Now, when all of you say this, I have more than enough for every good work. God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we believe that. If you'll stand with me tonight, we're going to make our confession that we make every uh, service. It's just uh, what we've believed um, to speak every time we come together. It's important that people confess what they believe. Confession is a way of us expressing our faith, but it also goes out there and the enemy hears those words and he has to submit to the truth of the word of God. We hear it. He hears it. God hears it. And it's our faith being released for what God has for our lives every single day. So let's say this. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated. And you know, that's that's good on your phone. It's good in, in this Bible. Wherever you get the word, the word works. Everybody say the word works. We've been doing a series in here. <clears throat> for uh, the whole month of April, and we're finishing up tonight. Uh, I know you're going to be blessed. Micah and Christine are going to come and share in a few minutes, but um, we're better together. Everybody say that. We're better together. Um, I was blessed to see all of the family over here come over when we were doing the water baptism and all of Jason's family. You know, God loves family, and he loves his people. We are actually part of his family, and we may not all be family in here in the natural, but we're all part of the family of God. And because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, we've been all connected together. And tonight, we're going to talk about new beginnings. Uh, but before we do, uh, Tyler back here had come up to me. Uh, come up here a minute, Tyler. Um, two weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and I hadn't even thought about this relationship. Come on up, honey. Relationships are important to God. But sometimes relationships, we've talked about it all month, they don't turn out the way we we want him to turn out, but uh, I was just so blessed because he came to me and he said, um, I just, I just want to share what's happened to me and my relationship with my dad. And uh, we, we're believing in this church that the fathers will return to the children, the children to the fathers. So why don't you tell us, Jason? Um, Tyler, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, ever since uh, before I started coming to this church with my dad, I, I was like one of the most disrespectful and one of the meanest kids you could ever meet but then ever since me and my dad started coming to this church we have been closer than we've ever been my entire life and I owe it to this to this whole church for for everything that me and dad get along I, I owe it to this entire church for helping us out when we really needed the help Jesus made a difference, didn't he? Matt, come here a second. This is his dad. And uh, you used to be over in the blaze, but you graduated from there. And Matt started coming. And uh, how do you believe God did this between the two of you? Well, he, you know, God played a huge part. I, you know, I got saved about 15 years ago. And then I quit going to church. And Tyler invited me to see him get baptized here in this church. And the night that I came to watch him get baptized, I've been coming back ever since. So, you know, it's, it's uh, all the wonderful people of this church. Um, 
and you know we we pray together we come to church together it's god has really turned my life around you know i've you know i'm a former drug addict alcoholic ex-con um you know i've i've had a rough life you know abused child my entire life um you know never believed in god never thought you know never believed in god and then once i got saved you know i started you know getting more answers as to why my life was the way it was why god allowed my life to be the way it was and you know i've been through a lot with my son um all of his you know issues and growing up you know he's been institutionalized and it's god has really played a huge role you know in our relationship i'm gonna have tyler pray here for fathers and sons tonight god i know you've helped me and my dad out with our relationship but i pray that for all the other fathers and sons in the world that may not get along or may not really like each other at certain points in their lives i hope that you, i pray that you find a that you help them find a way to get along with each other and make each other's lives better in whatever way you you feel they should they should do it because you've helped me so much throughout the years and you've helped my dad throughout the years with so many situations and i thank you god and i hope you and i pray that you make everybody else's lives better through me my dad and other fathers and sons in jesus name amen thank you thank you matt hallelujah i tell you god can do anything god is a god who wants restoration he wants us to be close he wants us to walk in the relationships and i know there's a lot of young people today uh, but when tyler said that to me i thought well we can't pass up an opportunity to hear a testimony like that because that that has been a real prayer in this church that fathers would be restored to sons sons to fathers because i believe it's very important that young men today are growing up with a role model that will cause them to be the leaders in their family that they need to be. So uh, we're really grateful. Tonight, uh, we're going to talk about marriage uh, a little bit. We've had a marriage class all month. My sister, Pastor Chris, has been teaching that. Some of you have been in that class. And uh, we had videos from uh, a gentleman down in Texas that we had his videos for that uh, class, uh, Jimmy Evans. But we we felt like we needed to do a class along with this month just to focus on marriages because if a marriage isn't solid, the family is certainly not going to be where it needs to be. So we added that class to this whole series. And uh, ho- we will do it again in the fall, and we'll probably add another level to that, another session of those same videos because I believe that it really ministered to those who came to it. Um, tonight... We have a young couple that's going to share, and I wanted to bring this uh, as a final thing in this series, that God cares about who people marry. You know, it isn't a crapshoot, you know, like throw the dice. I, I know you're not supposed to say that word in church, but hallelujah. That's, that's what a lot of people do. They just guess, you know, I think this will work. We'll try it. Let's just see, you know, if it works out. 
yay, and if it doesn't, well, you know, it's all right. That's what they do nowadays. You just get out of it and go get somebody else. And that's really never been God's intention. Now, I'm, I'm not here to throw stones because I've been divorced in my life, and I know I know out of that, God restored my life, and he gave me Pastor Bill. Would you look how wonderful he is? You know, so I'm blessed. I'm blessed, but I know from raising children and having children where you have to blend families and do all those things that I believe God has a better way to begin a marriage, and that's to know that God has someone if you're here tonight and you're single, maybe you've been in relationships and, and they've just not worked out, don't give up because God sees where you are and he knows where you've been. He knows the situations, but he still wants to give you that marriage, that life together. If that's what's in your heart, then God's going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And in Genesis, um, I want to read Genesis two eighteen. you know, we read this on Sunday. We started with some of this, but it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. And in the uh, New Living, it says this helper will uh, be complementary to him. Not someone that is less than, but someone who will come alongside. And between the two of them, they will become one flesh. And what that means is they'll be joined together, and the two of them together will be better than just one by themselves. And so that's really God's desire. And it says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined Everybody say joined. That means to connect or to put together uh, to form a unit. Uh, that's why the Bible says, and the two shall become one flesh. Obviously, when we do a wedding, we don't start with two people and only one leaves in the flesh. But in the spirit, everybody say in the spirit. In the spirit, God does something. And that's why when we do weddings in this church, we share that it's a miracle. It's, it's the same as when we get saved. We can't see anything, but we know something happened. When we do a wedding, something happens in the spirit. But we don't see it maybe in the natural, but it is a miracle that God performs. I don't know why God saved me. He saved me because I, he created me. He loved me, not because of what I did or, or what I could do. He, he wanted me to be connected to him. In a marriage, God connects two people together. And it isn't based on how good one is or the other. It's not to set one person over the other. It's to bring a union or to make a new unit that will be powerful in the earth. And so it's, it's, it's what God wants. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, um, if you look in Ephesians 5, 31 and 32, if you could put that up for me, um, it's to be a marriage or a marriage is to be like a relationship with Jesus. In other words, it's supposed to be a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. The Bible even says he who finds a wife finds a 
a good thing. So for this reason, this is what it says. A man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It says uh, this is a great mystery. Everybody say mystery. But I speak concerning Christ in the church. What that is, it's a covenant. When we receive Christ, we enter into a covenant. Now, we may not call it that. You know, we, when we pray for people to receive the Lord here, we don't talk about covenant uh, when we pray a prayer with them to receive Jesus. But it is a covenant. What God says is, I take you with all your good things, all your bad things, all your assets, all your liabilities. I know when I came to the Lord, I was on that other side, you know, the bad and the liabilities. But he, he took me and we became one. I've been secured into the kingdom of God. And therefore, he's always going to take care of me. He's not ever going to leave me or forsake me. That means he's not only not going to leave. In fact, uh, Jimmy Evans shared this on Monday night in the class. You know, some people can leave. Some people forsake people. What does that mean? What's, what's the difference? Well, when we forsake somebody, we just withdraw our heart from them. But we don't necessarily leave. In the physical realm, we just pull away and we just say, I'm not going to be connected to you. I don't want to be connected to you anymore. But it's still the, the same thing. But but Jesus said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I will never turn my back on you. I will always be connected to you. And so the Bible in Ephesians 5 says the relationship in marriage is just like the relationship with Christ. In other words, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not ever going to, I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to turn my back on you, even though I may not like something that happened. And God, he's the one that instituted that in the earth, marriage. He's the one who said, this is what I want. And I want family. I want godly seed. And so I believe that he knows and he sees. Do we always choose the right mate? Now, nobody here tonight can say, oops, got the wrong one. Going to have to make a change. Okay? Wherever you are right now, that's where you belong. And God will work that to be what it's supposed to be. Even though you may not have started like this couple we're going to talk to. But I do believe that if we can instill in young people, if you will wait on the Lord, he will arrange for you a wonderful marriage. I believe that because God told Abraham to have his son married into his family, and the family wasn't even close by. So he sent a servant to go find his wife for Isaac. And Isaac's wife was brought to him by the servant at God's direction. And so I believe that that's what God has for the young people of this earth. And I know when we start out believing and knowing this is who God has put me with, it opens a door to begin a life of blessing, a life where you know without a doubt, even if there's challenges and marriage has those, we all know that, but the covenant that we're in is going to hold us together because God is the one who put us together. Amen? So as you're here tonight, if you're here and you, you say, well, I've, I've been married and divorced, let's just start where we are tonight. And let's believe that God knows and he will arrange whatever it is that you need for your life. You come on up. They're going to come and share. This is um, Micah and Christine Piercy. And if you give them a hand... Uh, they're just going to share with us uh, a little bit of how God put them together, uh, their background, uh, and how the Lord 
since they've been married, has just directed things in their life that have blessed them and how God's done that. So I think it's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it. If you just want to have a seat, and uh, and we'll start with you, Christine, a little bit about your background and, and uh, as a young person and Jesus. Sure. So um, when I was growing up, I grew up here in Lafayette, um, born and raised. Um, my parents actually were divorced when I was six years old. Um, I'm an only child, so I didn't have any brothers and sisters around, but that was okay. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I started going to church um, off and on with uh, my aunt and my mom would go, and um, then probably about ages um, 8 to 12, mom and I started going to uh, uh, St. James Lutheran. Uh, we we did that for a while, and then we just kind of stopped going, but... Um, I had my family was really uh, God-fearing, so I think that really helped put that seed in me. And uh, I always had these stories from my grandmother would tell me about Jesus, and she taught me how to pray. And so I had all I already had this in my heart as a young person. Yeah, yeah. When did you get saved? Um, well, I was actually baptized when I was eight years old, um, the first time, and then. Um, I was 17, I believe, when I rededicated my life to Jesus again at First Assembly. Um, one of my friends actually invited me there uh, for a youth group thing, and I ended up coming back that Sunday and rededicating my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Now, you then went on to college, yep. and you have your degree. Yep. When did Micah first enter into the picture in your life? Um, actually, uh, it was my senior year in high school. He was going to First Assembly. He had just come back from South Africa from with his family. And I think we met in Sunday school, but he didn't remember me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, go. Let's, let's back up and start. <laughs> now that you're already in trouble, let's... <laughs> Let's hear your side of the story. <laughs> well, uh, as you may have guessed, my parents are missionaries. That's why I was coming back from South Africa. Um, so I've lived part of my life up to about uh, eight, eight or nine years in South Africa. Um, I have three brothers and two sisters. and um, My parents have always looked at their work as missionaries, as a family thing. And I really enjoyed it. We were a servant family. We, we did things together. Uh, a lot of it was with children's ministry. Uh, my parents started an orphanage. We also worked on a worked in a uh, kids camp. And uh, it, it was a great childhood um, for the most part. <laughs> uh, so. So when you came home, you came home at what age to be okay. here in the well, States? I left my parents, um, they were, I left them in Africa in 2006. <laughs> um, I came back here because I needed to finish high school. I was having an issue doing homeschool by myself. So I came back and got back on track in high school and graduated. And Have your degree? Uh, yeah, I got my associate's degree. We, we kind of helped each other out. We, we both got our degrees after we were married. Not easy to do, but 
Um, you know, we, we, took, we took turns. She got her degree first, and I got mine the next year. But I was, I had already done some school, um, and uh, I took one year full-time um, while doing part-time work, and then after that, I switched to full-time work doing some school, and it took a long time, but we, I eventually got my associates. Now I'm pursuing my bachelor's degree, and uh, also working full-time at Purdue. Hallelujah. Now, so at 17, you're at First Assembly, he's at First Assembly, but he hardly notices. So what happened? Because somehow it worked. Right. <laughs> somehow God did this. Um, so we both had mutual friends. And we just kind of started hanging out a little bit, you know, just being at the same places at the same time. Um, I actually knew I was supposed to marry him uh, long before I really even knew Micah. So I was uh, at the lobby at First Assembly, and I was getting ready to leave with my friend to go to lunch. And I was looking for her, and I happened to just see Micah. And this voice just said to me that, that's your husband. And I was like, okay, that's a weird thing to think. But <laughs> I was like, I barely know the guy, but okay. And uh, probably about a year later, it was almost a year later, uh, we actually started dating. And... Um, We've been together ever since. <laughs> and how old were you then? 18? Um, I was, it was actually my 19th birthday when okay. we started dating, and he was still 18. Okay. Now, d- how did you happen to, did the Lord speak to you about her? Uh, not necessarily, but <laughs> I liked her, of course. <laughs> Once we started dating, though, of course, it was like, well, well, this is going great. I, you know, this, this just is right. Yeah. Um, I knew then later this is the woman for me um, you just know your wife completes you and I, I can see she was starting to complete me hallelujah that's a good word that's what marriage is supposed to be a completion of the two people and so when did, when did you get married then uh, we got married um Five years later, after we started dating, almost five years, uh, May 24th, 2013 is when we, we got married. So you went on to school? Mm-hmm. And he worked? Yep. Okay. hmm And then you got married, and then you both continued school? Correct. Okay. Now tell me, since you've been married, uh, how God did all that, because that's a, that's, that takes some miracles to accomplish all that. Yeah. So for... When I was going for my degree in biotechnology, my mom actually helped me out a lot with paying for my first year, getting us through that. And I did have like some grant money come in and help. But um, the second year we were married, I was like, okay, we have to do this ourselves. And that was a little scary. <laughs> we were living like paycheck to paycheck, and I didn't know how we were going to pay for all of this and not go into debt. Um, luckily, though, my second year... I mean, God just made it a way for us. He uh, provided all of these grants that just covered my entire school. Like, I had, didn't have to pay a penny. We even had left over to buy a desktop computer too, so I could do homework there, and Mike is now using it for his schooling. Like, it's just been such a blessing. Praise the Lord. What about for you? Miracle, I mean, things where God provided for you. Um, really, financially. We do tithe. I gotta say that that is a big important step. No matter what your income is, 
you should give to God. That's planting seeds. It's going to come back to you, to you, and um, come back could come back in the form of money. Um, but you're going to be blessed one way or the other. And we we made it through, um, either through some money coming in. Uh, Lowe's was really good to me. I worked with, worked with Lowe's for about four years, most of my uh, time in school. Um, that was a good, stable job. Uh, and helped. It, it really helped, yeah. Okay. You said you had a list of things that God just... I do. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear them. Okay. Um, so God provided us through the schooling. Um, so after I got out, I was looking for jobs, and I was applying everywhere. I was putting my my um, you know resume anywhere I could. Um, and I really had this desire to, to work for a company called Cook Biotech. I didn't think that I was good enough or that I could get in because I only had associates. Um, and people had told me, like, oh, you need a bachelor's to even, even be considered there. But I went ahead and I put my resume in. I didn't hear anything, so I figured I probably wasn't qualified enough. Well, my aunt actually has a client that her husband works there. And... Um, she was telling me about it, and I emailed her my resume, and she emailed her husband, and I heard word back that, oh, they thought I'd be perfect for a position there, but they just hired somebody. It was like, oh, okay. Well, that's good. At least I have a chance, right? Well, so um, in the meantime, um, God provided me with a position at Tate & Lyle through a temporary agency, and... Um, that was for weekends, so at least I had a good job in my field. I was happy. And then um, one day, this temp agency called me for a, a scientific position. I was like, okay, that's great. I'm going to go because I need something for the week. So um, I get there, and we started talking, and I find out the positions for Cook Biotech. And I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I ran over to Micah's job, and I actually just started crying because I couldn't believe it. But um, Touching moment in the middle of Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we were by, what, the kitchen wares or something like that. Yeah, that kind of top special. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the, the thing was, I had to, um, I think it was like the next day I had an interview for there and I was excited. And um, I went for my interview, it went well, and then they called me like as I was leaving the interview and hired me on the spot. Like It was amazing. I was so excited. This is like my dream job. <laughs> like, I couldn't great. believe it. God is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Other, another story? About your house? Over here. Oh, She's looking at you. What story? She wants to know about her house. About your house. Oh, okay. Well, we've, we've really wanted to have our own house that was ours that we weren't renting for, well, of course, since we've been married. Um, we've, uh, we were blessed, though, to have a place to, that, uh, to stay, though, for these last few years. Um, well, it's not in the neighborhood, though. It's in, in a business district. So we were kind of wanting to move to a neighborhood one day. <laughs> um, but uh, so the money just wasn't there. We were just thinking. You know, waiting out for God's timing and, and just um, 
Real, yeah, God's timing is what we're waiting on. So about a month ago, was it a month ago we started? started. A month ago we went and got pre-approved. Right after watching some HGTV. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> like, well, this, this, we need to do this. <laughs> and uh, just, let's just see what we can afford, what we can get. And then like, oh, okay, maybe we could get something if we get this loan, da da da, everything works out. So then we went, oh, well, let's go get a realtor. And then so we started that process. And um, nothing really was on the market long that we liked. Every, it, yeah, houses are moving pretty quickly right now, yeah. as if, if you didn't notice. Um, things are only staying on the market for a day or two that are really good, um, that were in our price range at least. But uh, was it a week ago? Yeah. A week ago, we, we found a house it came up just that same day, we, and we got in that same day. He didn't um, ask me about the house, by the way. He just, <laughs> he's like, we need to see that house. And he tells me when I come home from work. And I was like, all right. I had a feeling. <laughs> so we were scheduled to see another house later that day, which that one didn't work out, which we didn't want it, and it turned out. So, But uh, this one... Uh, was just 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 right for us. Um, it was wasn't um, too expensive for us, and we, we so we put an offer in that night. And our realtor was was telling us uh, and, and communicating with the uh, seller's realtor as well, mm -hmm. um, saying, "Well, you need to put an offer in. We've already got one in, so you need to put one really strong." So we did, and then the other realtor was saying, "Put a response where they need to respond back by 10:30 that night." Well, that's quick. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. <laughs> we put our offer in at 9 o'clock, by the way. 9 o'clock p.m. Wow. And we got a call back at like 10.40 that night. It was, it was amazing. Long day, but oh, man. That, we're very so excited. So we are closing next month. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, there's one other thing that I want you to share. Uh, Micah... Well, but both of them finished school, and then, you know, they told us, well, now Micah was looking for a job, and he was going to put his resume out there, and I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. Nobody's going to take him, <laughs> except in Lafayette, Indiana. But, you know, Lafayette, Indiana, for what he can do, may not be where God wants him. But I want to tell you, when you're serving the Lord, he will open a door for you where he wants you to be. And I always try not to be selfish. You know, I always say, God, if it's not your will, but just in case, if it could be, let's keep them here. How about that? That would be best. And uh, so tell them how that all played out. Well, um, so I applied for this job um, after I graduated um, at Purdue. It was, wasn't quite the shift I wanted. This was a 24-hour operation at, at Purdue for monitoring vital systems, um, and so there was a second shift and a third shift open, so that would be working uh, four to midnight and or midnight till seven uh, type of shifts. And I was like, well, we'll, we'll apply, we'll see what, what happens, just, you know, see what, what God wants to do. Um, also encouragement from the wife. <laughs> um, I, I bounce a lot of things off of her just because that's where I feel a lot of leadings too, you know, coming through my wife. Um, 
which is good. So, <laughs> so I, I turned out, got my interview there, and and they asked, well, what shift would you like? I was like, well, the earlier of the two, so I'll take second shift, if that's going to be opening. And then um, after the interview, I didn't hear back for a while, then I got a call. Well, you want to jump in there, Sherry, what you... Sure. So um, we didn't hear anything from this position for like at least probably about two weeks. And um, Micah didn't know it, but I was praying in the other room. He was on the computer doing something or checking his email, whatever. And I just happened to be praying. I was like, God, you know, if this is where Micah needs to be, I just pray that you let us know. Like, you know, if not, let show us where we need to start looking then. And the next day, he got a call for a day shift position. It wasn't even something we were considering or thought could be possible because those positions are rare and you're lucky if you get one. And they offered it to him. And now we can see each other in the evening. We weren't going to see each other at all before, but now we have time together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's give God a hand. You know, I I want them to pray for you tonight because I believe that... um, You know, when you're young and you're just starting out with the Lord, uh, there are things that young people want to have. But, you know, the, the, the whole society today is based on just go get it. Just, just go do it, you know. But if your relationship is, begins with the Lord, then as you begin to count on him for those things, the Bible says that he'll add into us the things that we need. And what he blesses us with, there's no sorrow that comes with it. Well, you know, there's things that look like a blessing, but how many of you have had a little sorrow added to that, you know, because you made that decision. And so uh, I, I just, I was, I was praying too on that one. I, I didn't know about it, but I was praying on that one because Micah and uh, Christine help us up here all the time. You don't see them because they're back here behind you, but uh, they both have great gifts to help us and skills. And, and I really felt like God had them in this church for a purpose and that they're part of what God wants to do in this church. So I believe that God wants to do that with all young people. I believe he wants them to know you can start out and then you can begin to count on me. And I, I really believe that um, what, what Micah said, it, he hears from God, but his wife really supports him in what she believes in him too. She's, she's that helper that we read about in Genesis that is, you know, they're, they're equal partners because it says in Genesis that God created us to rule male and female. So, you know, the fact that she's, she encourages him, that causes him to step into the things that he needs to step into. So together they do really make one very strong unit. Can you see that? And uh, that I, I really uh, believe that God wants that for all of you. So I'm going to have each of them. You know, she'll pray for the women. He'll pray for men. Uh, how many of you here are believing God for the right mate? Okay. Hallelujah. Well, I'm believing with you. And so, uh, you know, we always have more women believing than men. So <laughs> wherever these men are, you're going to run into them. So don't be discouraged tonight when you lift your hand. But, uh, you know, God knows about your life. He knows where you are. And, uh, and he's going to make a way for you just like he's made a way for Christine and for Micah. So go ahead. Let's pray. Okay. 
Dear Lord, we um, just come before you today. Lord, I pray for all the women of this church, God. Lord, that you see their hearts and their desires, Jesus. Lord, and you know the right person for all of us, God. Even when we don't know it, God, you know it. Lord, I just um, thank you so much that you have um, this wonderful compassion in women, Jesus. Lord, and I just pray that when they do find the right person, God, that, Lord, that they just are such a wonderful person addition to that person, God, that they are just completing their other half, Jesus. Lord, and I want them to feel protected and secure, God, in their life. Lord, as you are our Father, God, and Lord, and as you protect us, God, Lord, I I just pray for the openness in the women's heart, Lord, to not give up on hope, Jesus. Lord, to not give up and to hear your voice, Jesus. And you want to go ahead and pray, Micah, for the men? Heavenly Father, Thank you, Lord God, for the relationships that you've placed in our lives. Lord God, thank you, Lord God, for uh, the men, Lord God. I pray that you would help them, Lord God, if they were seeking uh, a mate, Lord God, that they would find the right one that they are looking for, Lord God, and that you would uh, do it in the right timing. Lord God, give them uh, courage, Lord God, to, to seek out if they, if they need to. Um, to soften their hearts and be open, Lord God, and be sensitive to your uh, your word, Lord God. In your name I pray. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight. That um, I thank you for Christine and Micah, and I thank you for the life that you've called them to live together. I thank you that as they continue to grow with you and and do the things that you've called them to do, that you will continue to show them and guide them. I thank you for this home that you've provided. I thank you, Lord, for the family that they'll have. I thank you that that their lives will continue to be a light to young married couples, that when you give it all to Jesus, when you tithe, when you see that you're there to complete one another and you you become that team that God called you to become, that, that they will be a light to other young couples. And we thank you for their testimony. We thank you for all that you've done in their lives. And I thank you that this church is going to be full of young couples that that their whole heart is for Jesus and that they're going to they're going to be those couples that are a light and a witness to the world that's looking for answers and a lot of it in the wrong places but I thank you that it's going to bring them to a place where they hear and they know and they're confident that God has the very best for them and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen hallelujah we'll give them a hand and uh, Megan why don't you come on up we're gonna we're gonna add one more thing to tonight, and um, this is uh, Megan's gonna come and share. And I've been blessed. Uh, we've been blessed in this church to have Megan with us for about a I don't know four or five years. Hallelujah! Come on up, Megan. And um, you know, uh, Megan, I've watched Megan as a single person uh, be victorious in situations that you know look like they can't be conquered. Uh, you know, thinking that, well, if I don't have a mate, you know, how's this going to happen? And yet I've watched how God has provided for Megan over and over and over again. And uh, I just felt we should share this tonight because, you know, even if you're desiring to be married, you should be, when you marry, you should be prosperous. Like you don't need to get married. 
for somebody to take care of you. Listen, that is a lie from the pit of hell. If you're looking for somebody to take care of you, that would be Jesus. That's spelled J-E-S-U-S. And uh, your name will be, you know, so-and-so Christian. That's, that's how that's going to be. Because when you get married, you become, in, and Micah said it, a servant. It's a servant role. But when you're a single, uh, God becomes that person in your life to cause you to know you are, you are 100% okay just the way you are. So marriage will be an addition to your life, but what, what really is the source of your life is Jesus. And so, uh, Megan, I want you to share a little bit of background of how, you know, God has brought you uh, through and the things you've accomplished just staying with him. And how, when did you get saved? Um, well, I, I sort of grew up in and out of church with my mother, um, who was a single parent with three kids and and a couple of husbands and siblings with that. And sometimes we were in church, sometimes we were out. Um, but I count my date of salvation when I was 13. I came, um, kind of like Matt, came with his son. I actually came with a little girl that I was babysitting who was, uh, her parents were members here. And um, she invited me the night they got, that Autumn got baptized. And, God did some amazing things that night in my life and made a huge difference in my life and that's how I got started here and I, I sort of, aside from leaving to go to school, didn't ever sort of turn back. Yeah, and you were here till you graduated yeah. and then tell them, tell them about what God did with your education and the places he took you. God took me all over the place um, and, and now you have to understand, it, it wasn't my doing in terms of that education. I actually had um, grants and scholarships to go to Purdue and I proceeded to fail out my first year. I went and there were more important things in life than going to class as far as I was concerned. I walked out of Purdue with a 0 0.5 GPA because I had one professor who felt sorry for me and gave me a C when I deserved an F. Um, and then I went and worked at Purdue and worked full time and, and wanted to go back to school um, and said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to go in this and I'm going to do it the way I know I'm supposed to do it. Um, and he took me down to Columbus, Georgia for my undergraduate work. Uh, I lived with my aunt rent-free. She just wanted somebody to stay in the house with her. So I'm like, hey, rent-free rent, yes. Um, especially since I was paying for my education because, again, I'd lost all of my scholarships. And so it was all loans and me paying out of my own pocket. Um, did my undergraduate in Georgia. Uh, my master's degree was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Did two years, two and a half years of my PhD coursework in Lexington, Kentucky before God called me back to Indiana to help take care of family um, and do a bunch of other stuff that I had no idea about when I came home. You know, even if you're single... You know what people you know sometimes I don't even like to say single because it's got such a connotation like you know just that just is like you know almost a person that's just not true you know God does so much with our lives and we need to enjoy the time we we're doing what we're doing rather than always looking forward to what God's going to do because we'd miss things and so when she came home uh, to help her mom uh, and her stepdad. Uh, she started coming back here, and uh, and 
she was here volunteering, but then God opened a door at Ivy Tech. Now tell them about that. Tell them what you do. Well, it's actually kind of funny because when I first came home, I just applied for any job under the sun. I, I knew that um, I had to make money. Mom obviously wasn't working. She had a mortgage. How do we keep the bills afloat? Um, my stepdad passed away, what, a month after I came home, I think. Um, and I knew that when I, when I came home. But mom can't work, you know, and Social Security income doesn't pay the bills, you know. Um, and so I was applying just sort of everywhere, and I came here to help out because I just, I needed purpose. I had spent so much time in graduate school with my purpose being tied to my education, and I was like, I don't know, what do I do now? Um, so one of the things I had actually done over at Ivy Tech is I just applied for a bunch of secretarial jobs. I'm like, yeah, I'm overqualified for it, but it's an income. I just need an income. And I got a call one day from the department chair of the Department of Communication, and he said, you know, I got your resume for the secretary of the department, but um, hello, you have a master's degree in communication and two years of PhD coursework. What are you doing applying for that job? <laughs> well, it's income. And he said, yeah, but we have adjunct professor positions that more suit your abilities and your talents that we would like to use you in. Would you like the job? I didn't even have an interview. I mean, he just flat out offered me the job over the phone. So God made a way. She became an adjunct professor just like that. You know, God made a way for her, and, and then she, because it was a good income, she still volunteered and helped us. But then, after a while, she didn't even have to teach in the classroom. They offered her the online positions, which then freed her up to come work for us. Everybody say, God will make a way. Yeah, even where there is no way. And so then she was able to come here part-time and then full-time, and then this last year, God moved her over to... Rigs, and uh, that we didn't any of us understand that, but I believe, I believe God has His hand on Megan's life, and so He's directing where He wants her. Uh, you know, we if we think with our head, we can miss God. If we think with, but I'm just a single, I can't afford to do that. I how could I do that? Then we miss the opportunity for God to do something bigger that we can't even think about. And so you went to work there in November, the end of November? Yeah. December 1st, November 30th, December 1st. And then what happened? Oh, heaven. <laughs> um, again, most of you who, who know me know that I went there kicking and screaming because I knew the church is where I wanted to be. I knew this is where I was called to be. And in my head, I had my dream. I was here. I was here full time. I didn't need anything else. God had other ideas. And, um, but I went, and, and after probably the first month, because I won't lie, I drove home in tears every single day for the first month. I mean, I, poor Sandy, there's a couple of times I'd come to the church afterwards to work on things here, and the minute I'd see her, I'd just fall apart. I mean, completely lose it. You know, and I'm like, this, this isn't fair. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> You know, and she just told me and go, yeah, well, if you ask God, God will reveal to you what, what he's doing. And finally, I got it through my thick skull. But maybe I ought to start asking God instead of asking, you know, the wind or, or asking Sandy or asking my mother or asking anybody that would listen to my, my woe is me story. Um, 
totally true. Um, and, and God started revealing to me some things that I had let get in the way of my relationship with him, namely the job here. And it seems so backward to let a position in ministry get in your way of relationship with God, but that's exactly what I have done because it had become my identity, it had become my source. And God has, has reminded me throughout this that no job, no person, no relationship, nothing that is created here can fulfill you. Spouse, job, anything can fulfill you the way that Christ can. Your identity is not in your spouse, job, relationship, friendships. It's in him and him alone. And I have seen him do amazing things in my heart in the last five months. Um, I got a promotion at my 90-day review, which just, it was the week that my grandfather had passed away, and I thought they were calling me in to give me my 90-day review, and they offered me the job that I'm in now, which is assistant manager over all of the PSRs and call center. And that's what she was, a PSR, right? She was one. And she said to me, I don't know if they're going to like me. You know, like if they put me, I said, but if God put you there, you're going to be the one that serves them. Now, all those things that you saw that need to be fixed, you get an opportunity to help them make it better. And you'll make them better. And they're really going to like you. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to not like you. And really, uh, she's, I mean, always we have confrontation. But I believe that God's doing things, number one in Megan, that she will be able to stand with Jesus no matter what. And I'm telling you, in the world today that we live in, we all have to know that. But especially if you're a single, powerful woman in the world. And that's what God intends for single women to be. Very mighty and strong. Not a women's liber, but strong and confident in who they are in Christ. And they do conquer, and they do overcome. And they are not just those poor things over there that nobody wants to marry. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. Everybody say, that's a lie. Or there's something wrong with you. Isn't that something that the enemy says? It's actually kind of funny because last night, Crystal, my best friend since we were... Little. Little itty bitty. Um, we were talking about this last night, and I said, you know, it's there really is that in the world and in the church that stigma of if you're a single girl, there must be something wrong with you. Yeah. And beyond that, the enemy will tell you that all day long. And by the way, all night long, especially if you're a, a little bit of an insomniac, the way that I tend to be from time to time, um, it's in the middle of the night. Because during the day, you're so good at almost putting up your, your defenses. And especially, you know, when you know the word and you're awake and you're feeling good, you can totally throw the word back at the enemy. It's when you're tired and worn out that the thoughts get through and you have to. It's the hardest then to go, yeah, I know the thoughts you're giving me. They're still not true. They're not any more true at 2 a.m. as they are at 2 p.m. Amen, sister. Hallelujah. Can you give God some praise? Let's stand up. Well, wait, before you stand up, if you're single, stand up. Okay? Okay, now Megan is going to pray. 
that you're going to be powerful. Now, maybe you stood up to be married, but I, but right now, if you're single, if you're in this place like where Megan is, maybe you have children. Maybe you're you're here and you're just single, and you you the enemy is accusing you of all these things. That I know what she goes through. I went through it some as a single mom, but it really I know is what God put in my heart for singles is you are not less than. You are called. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have things to do right now that are critical to the kingdom of God. And you're not waiting for something to do that. You're supposed to be doing that right now. Right now. And every resource you need to do it is available. Because Jesus doesn't see that you have to be married to do it. You just have to be faithful to him. And so I want her to pray, and that's how we're going to close tonight. If you're here, the rest of us, let's stretch our hands out to these. And uh, Megan, you go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you so much for all that you do, for all that you have done, for all that you're doing right now, and all that you're going to do. Father, I just thank you for a new revelation to every person in this room, single or married, Father, that first and foremost, their identity is in you. Yes. And you alone. It's not a spouse. It's not a friendship. It's not a job. It's in you. And Father, I pray specifically for the, the people here that are single, Father, that, that Lord, they are not held back yes. by that title. Yeah. Whatever that title is. That the title that the world gives them and the title they give themselves. Pastor Pam said we're not less than no. because we're not married. And I thank you, Lord, that as we wait on you, whatever this season is, if this season is a lifetime of singleness with you as our spouse, so be it. We are content. We are happy to be there. If this season is waiting on what the desire is in our heart, Lord, I just thank you for strength for that season. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you just continue to reveal to every person in this room your love for them. Yes. And your desire for them. And, Lord, I thank you that, that the desires that are in our hearts, Lord, that we don't push them down because we don't think we're good enough because we're single. I thank you, Lord, that if there's a desire that you have in our, that we have in our heart, Father God, that we are seeking you for how to fulfill that desire. And if it's of you, you give us the plan to fulfill yes. it. And if it's not, we put it aside, we let it go, and we focus on what you have next for us. And I just thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Yeah. Give God praise because he knows where you are. We're going to close tonight with this song that says, How He Loves Us. Oh, how he loves us. But if you just bow your head for one second, I want to ask you tonight this really important question. You may be here, and uh, I don't really know everybody's position, where they're at in Jesus. But number one, you will always be defeated without Jesus Christ in your life. Because the devil is real, he's out there, and he has total authority over you. 
until you receive Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who defeated him. Jesus is the one who gives us the victory. And that's why he said himself, the only way to the Father is through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What he was saying was, there's only one way to overcome in this world. And that's to have a relationship with Jesus, the one who defeated every work of the devil. And he did it for you. So if you're here tonight, and that's you, and you say, I really have never made a commitment. When you receive Christ, it's a commitment. It's a covenant, just like we talked about earlier with marriage. It's a, it's a covenant that we make. And that's something you make individually. That doesn't involve anybody else. That involves you and the Spirit of God. And once you choose Him, then the light of God comes into your heart. A light that reveals things in your life, that shows you the purpose and destiny and calling of God upon your life. And he not only shows you that by the Holy Spirit, but then he helps you achieve that. And so if that's you tonight, you say, I've never made that commitment, but I want tonight to be that night for me. I want to make tonight the night that Jesus is Lord over my life. I give him my heart. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Maybe you've already prayed that before and walked away tonight we're going to just make this confession together and then we're going to sing this and i want it to get inside your heart tonight let's say this father thank you for jesus thank you that he died for me thank you that he loves me i love you father i thank you that i will prosper in the things you have for me because you have made a way for me even when there looks like no way there is a way with you and I commit my life everything I am to you in Jesus name in Jesus name let's